Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? I'm going pretty good. You're fresh back from Indianapolis. Froggy fresh. Yeah. Guys. How come you look so tan? Do they have better sun there? For sure. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it was. <laughs> it's closer. To I think it's player. leftover Mexico. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're yeah. back from Mexico. Look at this guy. World traveler. For yeah. sure got the coronavirus. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Keep <laughs> your distance. Oh, there we go. Oh, and this is the last Dynasty Nerds podcast <laughs> that you will ever hear. Uh, so we're going to get into today, uh, you know, that Garrett is back. We're going to get into the NFL Combine. Who are some guys that we liked what we saw? Who are some guys that we did not like uh, what we saw? Usually call that the Combine winners and the losers. But again, don't, you know, the most important thing about the combine is some news you, you found out about some of the guys getting hurt. You know, Thaddeus Moss, uh, Van Jefferson, foot problems, core muscle surgery for LaVisca Chenault. Uh, going into the combine, too scared. Brian Edwards breaks his foot, kicks, kicking stuff. Uh, so, you know, the most important thing is the interviews and the medicals, but some of these tests, it just helps. It, it helps, but it's not end all be all. The tape. Well, you know, some people are going to tell you, no, it does help. And some people are like, no, just watch the tape. And you, you know, I'm one of those it, guys like, let me just watch the tape and let the combine help a little bit. Let me see how fast these guys really are. I was going to say, you know what it really does? It helps me prioritize my tape watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas in. Before, it's a piece of the pie. It is a piece of the pie, but I I can certainly eliminate some guys due to, due to times and stuff like uh, that. Remember last year's tight end class? All run four eights. And we're like, see ya. Exactly. You don't have to waste your time on some of these guys. Um, so Hello, the, Jared Pinkney. <laughs> exactly. Four, nine, six. Uh. I'm not going to get it done. So, I mean, so it just hel- it just helps me pare down my list a little bit because uh, it gets, especially in a draft class like this, it gets a little overwhelming. I mean, it, you know, the, who has some, you know, the three cone, obviously we always talk about the three cone on here and, mm-hmm. you know, some of that wiggle out there and, uh, you know, some guys, are they fast? Are they really fast? Guys like Justin Jefferson really solidified his speed today, had a really good combine. Yeah, was it 4-4 four, or four, four, something like four, that? 4-4-3, four, I think. 4-4-3, four, four, okay. So we're going to talk about some of these guys here today. We're going to talk about Garrett's experience. And then uh, on the Nerd Herd episode today, next, if you're a nerd member, we're going to do uh, two mock drafts, post-combine mock drafts. We're going to do a 1QB Dynasty Rookie mock draft, and we're going to do a Superflex mock draft uh, for all the Nerd Herd members. But before we get into that, let's take a minute. Um, to hear from our sponsor. That's right, DynastyOwner.com. Do you still think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think that after watching that combine, you could kind of do a little uh, little crossing off the list there, see who you'd want for your NFL team? Do you also think you're the best fantasy football player out there? I sure hope you do. Mm-hmm. Here's your chance to actually prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented family sports game using actual nfl salaries and contracts you manage your team from all levels owner to general manager to coach dynasty owners for the smart the elite fantasy football player the good stuff you know the rich dotson's out there there's no off-season dynasty owner and as dynasty players we all know how that feels you know 365 days of business the rookie draft matters free agency it matters. Oh, it matters. And every contract. Well, that's where the money's going. That matters, too. Come to a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL players' contracts and salaries. Then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, sensational prizes, 
uh, those are seasonal prizes that are sensational, and compete and chase for the ring. The mobile app is in development and will be ready to download on iOS and Android in time for the rookie drafts this May. Mock drafts are open now on the desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and to mock draft for absolutely free, go to DynastyOwner.com. And also, before getting to episode two, I want to wish my uh, my firstborn son, Colton Dotson, a very happy birthday today. Oh, uh, he doesn't listen to the podcast, but if he ever goes back and listens to his old man, uh, what he sounds like when I'm dead and gone, uh, he's like, oh, this, this came out on March 3rd, uh, 2020. I wonder if he brought me up. My son, Colton Dotson, turned 10 today. Well, see, now I feel like a bad dad. My daughter's birthday was yesterday. Well, and I didn't say anything. Well, you don't you didn't do a podcast yesterday. That's true. Now I feel less bad. Yeah, so you, sh- you should feel less bad. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, my son turned double digits. He's 10 now. I have a 10 year old in this house. I, fe- I remember 10. Yeah, like it was 30 years ago. <laughs> Just like it was 30 years Just ago. Just like it was 30 years ago. So, That's yeah. weird. I got a kid's going to be a teenager in a couple of years, and then who That's knows where it's going to go from there. Absolutely nuts. I'm man. just counting the days till he's moving out, personally. That's just me. It's I just had this conversation with my kids today, and, and, and they're, great. They're, they're eight and five. <laughs> I was just telling them today that they're not. you're not living here forever. I was like, James isn't playing video games on the couch and when he's 28. He's going to be gone. <laughs> no. He's going to be gone. I might know my wife is going to be like, my wife's just an emotional person. It is like when this kid goes to college, like she's gonna be like a rack. I'm like, dude, one more to go. <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost I'm gonna be like Braveheart. There. Freedom. It's gonna be great. Uh so Garrett, speaking of freedom, you got away. Yeah. Uh you're a free man. You're out there in um, amongst the Daniel Jeremiah's you know, amongst the Matthew Berries and the Evan Silvas, and you got a tangle, tango, and tutelage. What else begins with a T? Talk too talk m- too many words. Talk trades. All right. <laughs> Tiddalize. Both both ways. Oh wow. Uh, got any uh, quick nuggets before we get in here that you'd like to bring up with the combine for our dynasty listeners? Yeah, there was it, it was crazy. It was uh you know, for being my first time walking in that first day. And yeah, it was it was exactly like you said, like you know, I passed Josina Anderson, Andrew Siciliano's there, and you know, almost run into Field Yates. Like just all of these people that you watch on TV that you respect their work for a long time. And now you walk in and you're just, you know, you're just peers with all of these people. And so uh it was it was really cool to see. Um one of the things that I think was the most valuable for me, obviously, as fantasy football analysts, we talk about the combine numbers and that does play a factor that does play a role into how we feel about these guys. Uh, but one of the things that was was big was actually getting a chance to talk with some of these players, actually getting to, uh, you know, hear them out on things that made them successful or uh, different things that they gleaned from different players and playing against these guys and, and all of this different stuff. Uh, that was that was really valuable. And then just getting to uh, conversate with some of the other uh, people that are, you know, uh, ESPN personalities or fantasy football personalities, but even more importantly, some of like the front office type people that you would run into and, you know, hear a little bit, uh, here and there. And, you know, a lot of that I'm, I'm, I'm still getting to hear a little bit secondhand. I, I don't quite have like, you know, the, the context, the Rolodex for all of these guys. I say you don't have the clout to just go no, up there and, no, and talk not to yet. Not and, yet. Andy Reed or Who Bill you drafting, Andy? <laughs> the, the funniest thing from Andy Reed though, in his presser was, uh, somebody asked him like, so, you know, what's, what's life like post Super Bowl now? And he's like, well, uh, you know, I have gotten a lot more free meals. <laughs> of course, it's like you would, Andy <laughs> yeah. Reid. There you go. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so it was it was really cool. Um, one of, one of the big things was a uh, really getting to 
hear some of these uh, running backs get to talk about uh, some of their different uh, feelings on the game, where they feel like they fit, how they compare themselves, their skill sets and stuff like that, and then how articulate they were uh, on some of these things. And it, it, there were a couple guys, you know, obviously they're shorter conversations, but there were a couple guys that just from interviews slightly moved up or slightly moved down for me um, just based on some of that. So it was interesting. I listened to, uh, I was following your thread that you were, you were running there on Twitter and, and I loved like DJ Dallas is, was, yeah, that was one of the best ones for sure. Yeah. And, and it really was nice, man. It, it, you know, it, it's not very often you run across a kid that's like that, I guess, self-aware yeah. and able to like tackle those like larger issues on, on and be so eloquent, I guess, you know, talking about it. So that was, that was really nice to hear. And it just puts a little personal touch on things. So yeah, I love stories like that. I love, cause it's the one part as, as, you know, as we sit here year in and year out, you, you never get to know these players. So by you going there, and, and being able to like talk to these guys and interview them, ask them questions. I think it gives us a better sense and our listeners a better sense of, of who they are as a person, which is always the biggest wild card when you're drafting these guys. For sure. And if you want to see those, you can just go hit up Garrett on Twitter uh, at Dynasty Price, and he has got a whole thread from when he was at the Combine. Some good stuff out there. He's going to be putting some of that on DynastyNerds.com, some of his video content, some of the, what he saw and what he learned in uh, actual text as well. So look for that on dynastynerds.com coming soon. So um, winners and losers. Let's, let's get into it. Let's start off with some of the winners here. You know, I think off the top, just as a group effort here, I think if one thing we saw here is two things. The running backs aren't super fast, fast enough, and this receiving class is disgustingly deep. There are a lot of wide receivers. If you have a second-round pick, you are going to have a really good shot uh, of grabbing a, a quality player here. Yep. It, it, the, the the receiving depth in, in our dynasty leagues is about to get drastically deeper. I mean, we're talking about adding, what, 16 guys that you could feel good about in this draft? For sure. That including the running backs that we have, which is going to give you another six, seven guys that are going to be in quality positions here. Uh, I don't think anybody really – from those positions, from the receiver standpoint, hurt, hurt themselves too much. I mean, Jawan Jennings uh, had a terrible combine, the Tennessee receiver. Yeah. You know, it's six foot three, 215 pounds. I mean, his hands came in really small. They were only nine inches. His 40 time of 472. Uh, there, I mean, there's defensive players faster yeah. than him, there's offensive linemen faster than him. So he kind of hurt himself there. Some of the receivers, you, you, if you read some winners and losers combine articles, you'll see some people put Jalen Rager on there. I wouldn't call him a combine loser by any means. He no. still looked good. It's just he wasn't as fast and as explosive as people thought he was going to be. Right, and he he's still, not honey. He's not Henry Ruggs. He still. <laughs> He still had a great. Uh, he still had a great vertical. Um, all of his other stuff. It was really just the the forty yard dash, and then the three cone, which was the most interesting part because that was kind of something I expected him to tear up. Uh, but almost all of the three cone numbers were were interesting. It, interestingly bad, and kind of the buzz around the combine was this is the first year they did it late in the evening and especially with how far behind they got some of these guys aren't running these three cones until 10 11 p.m at night and so that was kind of the buzz of like uh did we really do some of these players a disservice by waiting so late into the evening to do some of this and, for them? and to from my perspective as like a person that was watching it it wasn't it i like it better on the weekend like yeah. you know i i mean as a person that has yeah. consumed the combine for years and years and years 
I was annoyed and kind of put off by the time that they that they played that thing. So I agree. I, yeah, my wife was trying to watch a movie and she I was like, No, I gotta watch Henry Ruggs run. She's like, What do you these guys are just running over and over again. I know, but I got to watch Henry Henry Ruggs run. And it's Fast. like, it's Friday at 930 at night. And she's like, oh my God, this is stupid. I'm like, I know this is stupid, isn't it? It's like, it, the, it's like the shows you watch. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> like, I didn't like the timing of this year at all. So I, I would hope that they would learn from their mistakes and, and maybe shift this thing back to the way they've done it in the past. Yeah, I don't hate, I mean, but going back to Jalen Rager, it's, it's, I've, I said this on the uh, YouTube show uh, last week too. It's like when you talk that when you rank somebody, you know, we're going to be talking about Jonathan Taylor here in one second. But when you rank somebody behind somebody, it's like, oh, you don't like him. What do you mean? It's like, no, I like Jalen Reger a lot. You just like I, somebody else a tad more. I also have Jalen Reger as my fifth receiver. I still have. I have him behind T Higgins. I have him behind Henry Ruggs. I have him behind Jerry Judy, and I have him behind C D Lamb. So does that mean I don't like Jalen Reger? No, it just means this this class is really deep. Like if I put a tweet right. out there just the other day, it's like you have a first round pick, you know, the only thing that's going to make you have a bad pick is just bad luck. That's it. I mean, that's it. it this year's first round draft is literally that easy. Yep. It doesn't matter where you pick. You don't have to overthink it. All of us analysts are going to come out here and we're going to rank our players accordingly. And you know, who's going to be right and who's going to be wrong. You know, if you get JK Dobbins, you're getting a good running back. If you get Jonathan Taylor, you're getting a good running back. If you get Deandre Swift, you're getting a good running back. And you know what this combine showed me? If you get Cam Akers, you're getting a really good running back. So we're going to rank these guys accordingly to each of our positions, but you're getting a good player in the first round. One last quick note on Rager. Uh, I'm very interested to see what his his time is during his pro day because he came in at 206 pounds. Bulking up. I don't think he was playing at 206 pounds. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. yeah. And so and I think that, that interfered with his time. It did. And he had great explosion numbers. And that's what you see on tape, too. You know what I mean? His vertical, 42 inches. Yep. And, you know, the broad jump at 11 and a half. Um you know, that's 11 and a half feet. That those are, those are ridiculous numbers. Right. Right. And, and the 40, it's not like he was slow. It's, it's 4.47. Just wasn't in the four threes. Like we were hoping. Right. I mean, it just wasn't Henry Ruggs numbers. And, right. and the change of direction stuff, obviously the, the short shuttle, you want that to be at least two tenths of a second faster than the 40 in order to see that he can translate that into change of direction, like that four, four, seven into change of direction. And it wasn't, it was a 4.46. So that that's like, that's one of those things where I look at it and then I have to go back on, on, and review the tape to make sure this guy can get it in and out of breaks and, and really has the change of direction necessary. Or is he just like a straight go long guy? You know what I mean? Like uh, Jump, go up and get jump the ball. ball, jump ball type of guy. Kind of like he, Henry Ruggs can, you know, go up and get the football. Jeez, <laughs> I don't think. You know, I also don't think Ruggers route running as good as Henry Ruggs either. Uh, I think it's close, uh, but I, I would give the edge to Ruggs there. But I think after the catch, I would much rather have Rager. I know, but I think that, that, that my whole point when I keep bringing it up is not to diss Rager Ruggs. My whole point Kinda is here. Sounds like it. I know, but that, that's my point though. Is like okay, like you, you, I wanted you to say what you just said. Both like, players are good players. Yes, but what did Garrett just say? I give the edge the route running to Henry Ruggs, right? Right. So what we're looking here is just, I think more so than anything here for 2020 is we're trying to look for that slight edge over the other player. Because if you could argue like Nick Whalen's argument of T Higgins over Jerry Judy, I'll listen to that because T Higgins, you know, his ceiling to me is higher than Jerry Judy's ceiling from a fantasy football perspective. Definitely when you watch Jerry Judy's tape where you see Jerry Judy playing soft a little bit at times. Especially and over the middle. Exactly. Where T. Higgins could be that touchdown maker. Yeah, Jan, you know, Jerry Judy could be that really nice, you know, PPR receiver. 
you know, catches 103 footballs, has 1,200 yards, maybe the touchdowns aren't there, where T. Higgins could have 85 receptions, 1,300 yards, and 12 touchdowns. You know, I can see that. doesn't mean Jewy can't do it either, but I'm saying I can see that as well. So where's the edge? You know, that's to me, Ruggs' edge is every little thing is just a slight edge over Rager. Again, not a diss, but it's the edge. See, and, and I think that's where we differ because I think it would only be straight line speed and – um, route running would be better. Well, I think we, everything else is better for Rager for me. But, uh, but two tenths of a second in the forty is a. It's like a light. It's a light speed difference. You know what I mean? Sure, it's, it's a light year difference. He he ran a, and, and it's hard to say. But at his at his Big Twelve uh, day last year, he ran a four two nine. So I mean, I I think I think it was inflated the wrong way because of the extra 10 pounds or so i think he was trying to show guys that he can he can be this big physical receiver which he he showed he could he's really but fast I, but i but i want to see him back at more like that 200 195 range yeah. i think he more played you out. know we're, we're we're nitpicking here but we're gonna have to nitpick this year for sure uh you know like regular is really fast but even when you watch it on film even when i watch it on film like there's other people there on twitter like that love jalen regger and they make it very clear they love them and it's like and it's fine, but like when I watch Rager's play, like he's really fast, he's really good. But when I watch Henry Ruggs play, it's like, oh dear Jesus, you know, like this guy is just for sure. You know, it's like that Chris Johnson speed. It's like just find me a hole and he's gone. Like right. he's gonna he's gonna be that Tyree Kill kind of player. And, that, and, and I see Tyree Kill when I see Henry Ruggs. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. And that's that that's a great point, Rich, because there are guys. There's plenty of fast guys out there. I mean, Odell Beckham is fast, but yeah, if you line him up next to Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is going to smoke him every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. You know what I mean? There's different. There's different. Just different levels of it. I tweeted out that picture of all the fastest combine players, Tyron <laughs> Calico. You know what I mean? It's like and, none and, of those guys are good. It's just right. I give me. That's, and that's the thing too. Like it doesn't matter if you run a four two. You know, are you a good football player? That's what that that comes back. To. Like I like to see speed out of guys. Like not out of Henry Ruggs or Jalen Rager or, or even Jonathan Taylor because we know they're fast. Right. You know, like when I see Justin Jefferson run a four four two, it's like, ooh, yeah. I didn't know. I know he had that in you, Denzel you know I mean? Mims. Yeah. Denzel, well, Chase Claypool. Yeah, we'll get to these guys. Mm-hmm. So. You know, Ruggs to me was a winner. You know, running that four two seven forty tied in with uh, I think like Marquise Goodwin for like the fourth fastest combine and that uh, dude speed there. And if you watched him run that, he he didn't even look like he was trying. Yeah, which is crazy. Forty two inch vertical. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw a stat out there. I think it's from NFL. I saw it on Twitter uh, from uh, actual NFL stats. Or said no player at the NFL combine has produced a f- sub four three forty and a vertical jump of forty inches ever, ever. So Henry Ruggs is the first to do that. So. He's, he's, he's changed the game there. The guy's a very explosive athlete. If you've seen For the video sure. of him uh, slam dunking, and when we get in the tape and start breaking him down, you know, we'll say, like, you know, I don't, I don't, there's not, to me, there's not that much nitpicking. The biggest thing about Henry Ruggs is like, oh, he didn't produce that much at Alabama. Like, that's what you're going to nitpick on. It's like, okay, that's what, that's your game. Like, when you watch him play, like, his route running's good. He high points the ball. He goes up there and gets the ball. He has good hands, and he's a burner. So, okay, I love Henry Ruggs. I just... That's what like we all have our guys on there. Yeah. Like I have hundred. That's that's my guy. Like I like him. Yeah. So I think he's a winner. Uh, go. Let's start off here. The like, quarterbacks. Um, you want to start there first? Before yeah, sure. We get the Henry Ruggs. I think Tua came out somewhat of a winner here because just it came out that he's gonna be medically cleared March 9th, Yep. Which is literally days away. And all all of the everything that I heard about him that you know in interviews and stuff like that, he crushed. Yep. So um, from all from all the, that perspective. 
Tua came out probably as the top guy as far as the quarterbacks going through um, interview process stuff. And it, it was interesting with Tua as well, uh, listening to the Ron Rivera presser. You know, he was very complimentary of, of Haskins, but he also left the door open that, you know, they're, they're, they're going to interview all of these guys. And uh, he definitely did not rule out the possibility of talking to Tua. Oh, why? why that, and you know what? That's smart because Dwayne Haskins was like the 16th, 17th pick, really raw. Nice, good quarterback. And if you think Dwayne Haskins could be a good quarterback in the NFL, that's fine. You know, because I think Dwayne Haskins could be a good I NFL agree. quarterback. You he know, looks good at the end of the year there. But there's a far cry and difference between winning a Super Bowl with a good quarterback and what you to do to get your team to that level to do that, and then a fantastically great quarterback like Pat Mahomes. So if you think Tua is that guy, or even Justin Herbert's that guy, then you take them. And you deal with Dwayne Haskins later. Or let him try Especially to beat him when out. you weren't the one that drafted Haskins. It's a brand new regime. That's why I told you guys before the podcast. If I'm Miami, even like if I'm Miami and like they, somebody wants to take like move up to get like Tua, I'm okay with that. Like I have draft capital next year. I have this other first in this draft. If I could get out of that first and get back into the second, get somebody's first next year, I'm tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Like that's what I would do as NFL GM. Like I'm finding a way to get Trevor Lawrence. None of these guys. Wh- where is Washington picking? Two. Two. Uh-huh. So if you were in two and you wanted to get out of two, For what, sure. what would you say? For that sure. You're looking into quarterbacks. So you, I mean, they, yeah, they played you, it absolutely right. Exactly. They played it absolutely They played it perfect. Yep. It, you know, it's just enough smoke out there that people that that are interested, they know they got to come up and get it. it. It is tough, though, when you have a defensive minded head coach to say, like, oh, yeah, we're going to pass on Chase Young. Right. That's That's tough to do. But if you, to if, you want, if you want yes. to see exactly how much you can get for that pick, for sure, you so, you come out with a and comment. take a Cuda instead, or right. you yeah, know, that's Isaiah, the thing. If you tr- Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, yep. if, if I'm Washington, yeah, you lose out on um, drafting Chase Young, Chase Young. But if you move out of two to say Miami five, right, then you have three of the Dolphins and say the Chargers possibly move up to three, then you got. Yeah, then Simmons, Okuda, again, Simmons or right, if, Simmons, if all, Okuda, if, or Chase Young, you're getting a really good. If all three of those quarterbacks go first, then yeah, you're staring. Yeah, you got. It sucks to miss Chase Young, way, but having an elite defensive end is just as good as having a very elite corner cornerback. Absolutely, you know? and Isaiah Simmons is a freak. He's just a weapon. Like yeah. I don't even know where he's playing, but wherever it is, it's going to be good. I like his, I like his answer at the combine. Defense, defense. <laughs> like, well, what do you see, what do you envision yourself playing? defense <laughs> um some people think jalen hurts came out of this combine a winner uh because he came off just you know athletic he had the second fastest 40 time had the top broad jump amongst his quarterbacks at 10 foot 5 inches he ran a 4 5 9 40 uh looked pretty good in the passing game uh you know put some good uh spin on the ball out there and but to me you know because i'm watching this quarterback tape right now because next week we're doing quarterbacks that's where we're gonna start our rookie breakdowns next week I don't see Jalen Hurts as an NFL quarterback. I see him as a backup that can get in there and you know make some okay decisions, but make some plays. Yep, that's it. I'm I'm totally with you there. Uh, I don't see him as a guy that's going to be a starting NFL quarterback. Even like a super flex league, like I'm just looking for more upside guys than a guy like Jalen Hurts. I just do not see it at all. Like even a little bit. Like I don't see him as an NFL quarterback. And the hard part is especially now of any time in recent NFL memory coming off the heels of Lamar Jackson, this would be the time for him to elevate and, and open people's minds of saying like, you know what, maybe, maybe this really could be a good fit. I just, 
he's not nearly the athlete. He's not even as good of a passer. Like, he, and and I don't even think much of Lamar's passing to begin with. Like, I just I don't see it either. So those are the quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks that hurt themselves. This is my list too. So if yeah. you got some guys here, let me know. Um, Jake Fromm really came in and kind of bombed the combine. Really, yeah. I mean, his deep ball looked absolutely terrible. I mean, it was fluttering all over the place. He, and that's what that that drill is designed to expose just, that. Yeah, expose that. And that's exactly what he did. He got exposed. His whole athleticism testing came out bad. It's because, I mean, he's got eight and seven eighths inch hands. Come on, Rich. You can't throw the ball baby deep hands. when you've got those little baby hands. True. True. <laughs> True. No, I mean, in all seriousness, though, it, you, all you have to do is watch his college tape to know that he doesn't have a strong enough arm to really be a – he's another guy that I just don't even see as a starting quarterback in the NFL. What's the guy? Um, Cody Kessler. Yeah. That's who he reminds me of. It's not a bad comp. That's that, I mean, Which is weird because he looked really good as a freshman. He's a, he's a, oh, he's yeah. a guy that in college is good enough to get the job done, but he, he's just not an NFL starting quarterback material. He's yeah, he's not, not even on Colt McCoy's level. No, he's not. I don't know. I think I'm a little bit higher. I think – I. I the hard part is the one thing that, you know, the combine doesn't show is, you know, the the, the between the ears for these guys. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a highly, highly intelligent player. And I think he's pretty accurate for short to intermediate passes. Yeah, he has to be a complete system West Coast. Yeah, and so, know. like, with the right fit, with the right coaching, I actually do still think there's hope for him to be a, 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 a decent quarterback. Yeah, in the I'm all, I'm not with Matt or I wouldn't draft him. Like I, I, I'm the same way. Like, I... When he was a freshman, like, this guy's going to be good. And now it's like he's out. And then he did uh, not progress at no, all. <laughs> at all. Um, I thought Jacob Eason looked okay. Like, his, like dude, it was weird because his, his deep balls look good. But all his short throwing ball, they're, they're all like his timing was all off. It's like, oh, what's going on around here? He, like, I, I didn't think he looked that good. It was kinda, it's like sunshine from Remember the Titans. His footwork was all over the place. You know, it he, just, he was weird on tape, though, too. You know what I, mean? I don't want to get too deep in it because I know we're talking combine, but he, he could look amazing at times and then completely fall apart during other other parts of the same game. Him and Jordan Love were yeah. very similar in that sense where, you know, there are times where you're like, oh, my gosh. Right. And then there are other times you're like, oh, my gosh. In the same game, yeah. like a quarter later, right yeah. after I'm thinking this guy's the next best thing to slice bread, and all of a sudden he's moldy bread. All right. Ugh. Enough of the enough of the boring stuff, which is quarterbacks. Yep. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, we'll, we'll do that when we do super flex, and that's what we're going to do next week when we talk about these quarterbacks. It will become from a super flex standpoint. The number one name to come out here. And now all of a sudden you see in even Dynasty Rookie ADP, Dynasty Dynasty Analyst. Uh, it's funny how the combine will change people's minds quickly. They will alter their Dynasty rankings, which they do not mind very much at all. Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin, destroyed the combine. He ran a 4-3-9, which is the fastest 40 time. And what's is crazy is... There's only been two running backs in the last four combines to finish with a sub 4440. It's Jonathan Taylor, and the other one was Naheem Hines. That's crazy. I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 in the back of my head, probably would have known that if you gave me a minute. But at the same time, in, in my head, Saquon Barkley for sure ran a four, sub 440. You know what I he mean? ran a four, four flat, right? Four yeah. flat. Just a four flat. That's what, you know what I mean? So, and, that, and it wasn't just that either. I mean, Jonathan Taylor finished in the top six amongst all running backs in his short shuttle time, his three cone drill. Uh, I mean, he, he crushed the combine, not in his bench press, not his bench press. He, what do you like? 17 reps. Yeah. So Jonathan Taylor has, have you guys 
fallen majestically in love with Jonathan Taylor? Has he moved now to your dynasty running back 1-1? Matt. No. Garrett. Nope. Rich Dotson. Nope. Listen, and I think the reason all of us are going to say that is, is A, we've watched a bunch of tape, but but B, we already knew he was going to run a fast time. He's, yes. a, he's a track athlete. Yeah, he's you get this dude a hope. He's a four by 100 um, relay star there at Wisconsin at 230 pounds. So, so none of us thought he was going to be a slow runner. And, and, you know, having a track background like that only helps in drills like this. For sure. You saw his takeoff was great yeah. compared to some of the other guys. Absolutely. So, um, and it's in, it shows up on tape. He's fast. It, he sure. finds a hole and he can break big runs. That's why he got 2,000 yards two seasons in a row at Wisconsin. So, He's a good, he's a really, really good running back, but right now he's still in my rankings in the same place, three behind. Yeah, them. he's, and we've never ever said Jonathan Taylor is not an awesome running back. Right. Like, the beauty of this draft class is you had like the fifth pick, you're, you're not only getting a good player, you're getting a, a potentially great player. For sure. And those top five are like, holy cow, the one, one in a lot of other drafts. I was right? going like, to use the exact same phrase. Yep. So, and same thing. What the different what differentiates Jonathan Taylor for me from J.K. Dobbins and uh, DeAndre Swift is, yeah, is he faster than him? Okay, that's fine. I'm not worried. I'm not. I'm not worried about straight line. Definitely from the running back position of all positions, like you're not running straight line anywhere. So the thing that Jonathan Taylor does not have that DeAndre Swift has and J.K. Dobbins has, in my opinion, is he does not have the pass catching ability. And he does not have the wiggle. So he's not, he's going to, he's a one cut, get that hole, get what's there. And if there's a big hole, he's going to be gone. He's going to outrun a lot of linebackers. He's going to get you good yards. He's going to be a really good running back. Yep. He's going to have a lot of good games where he's, he's going to have a hundred, you know, hundred yards rushing, but where are those PPR points and where are those open field, you know, lose extra yards out there to the NFL, which is even more important because not as big as holes is going to be there, where at, which was at Wisconsin. And, and I put out a, a little mini thread a couple of weeks about talking specifically about Jonathan Taylor. And I said, is there a scenario where he could end up being the one one if he gets the perfect situation? If he goes to the Colts, you know, yeah, that could absolutely be the case. However, like he much more so than any of those other players needs that kind of offensive line. He needs guys that are going to open up holes because he's not creative behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and he, you're right. He doesn't have the same type of wiggle. Some of those guys, he can make people miss at times. I'm not saying like he has zero elusive ability. I'm not saying that he's not AJ Dillon. Right. Right. <laughs> Don't get me started. on Dillon. We'll, we'll probably have to talk about it. Oh, we will. He's in my notes. Yeah, I yeah. know. Um, but, uh, so, so he could absolutely end up being the one, one in the right scenario. But as of right now, all things being equal, I, I still have uh, swift and I still have Dobbins ahead of him. And he's right in that same tier with, with acres and, and CEH for me, which I know is blasphemous for, to other people, but that that's still kind of how the tears break down for me right now. He's a really good running back. It, it, he is yes. he's fantastic. It's just, we're looking for dynasty upside. Again, we don't rank players and tell you it's going to be good because of you know what kind of player they're being. Because otherwise, them guys like Marquise Brown, who are drafted in the first round, are going to be much... The guys who we poo-pooed on like last year, like guys like that, would be much higher up in our rankings. Guys like... The reason I had Derrick Henry down low is because I was worried about his 
fantasy football output. Never said he was a bad football player. We say on the podcast all the time, we're not looking for the best football players out there. We're looking for the best fantasy football players. That's it. You know, is Alvin Kamara, we talked about, we mentioned this last year, when even when we get to the Saints and why we loved Alvin Kamara so much was, hey, is Alvin Kamara the best running back? Absolutely not. Is he the one of the best fantasy football running backs? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what we're looking for. Who's gonna who is the best fantasy football player? Jonathan Taylor. If Jonathan Taylor turns out to be the best running back in this class, would I be blown away? No, not at all. He's really good. The 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 tiers this year are so much closer than they've ever been. Yeah. Absolutely. So even right now, like I'm I I flip flop all the time on JK Dobbins and DeAndre Swift. I do. Like I watch one tape and I'm like, oh yeah, this is the one one for me. Then I'll go back and watch DeAndre Swift. I'm like, yeah, he's the one one hands down. And I and I've gone back on that just because anytime I get like kind of burnt out watching a quarterback or something, I just I've been going back and watching some of these top guys again because I know we're gonna get to him soon enough. So like JK Dobbins Swift, just a little little bit here and there, and it's it's locked in still with Swift for me. So but again, those guys with their open ability, you know, behind the line elusiveness, uh open field elusiveness. I mean, DeAndre Swift with that, you know, little stank leg out there is mm-hmm. that that works at the NFL level is gross. Uh I just see the opportunity to score more fancy points. And like I said, let's see like you said, let's see where they land. Anybody who's offering you dynasty rankings right now, we're doing it because we this is what we do in Dynasty in March, in April. In May, like we need something like this, we need to rank these guys out. But even more so, the NFL draft this year is really going to solidify these rankings. It doesn't matter where you have them now. Uh, this is just pre-draft. Like this is this is the player that we like. So it is important to see where these players are liked now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just on raw ability. But some of these guys are end up some really good positions. Just like some of these receivers are pro- might end up in a really bad position. Leon, the the Leonte Carew fallout. You know what I mean? Like. Some of these guys might not land up in a great situation. Who like who's what the Saints grab one of these guys as their number two in the first round? Like it's going to be a huge jump. Like I, I mentioned about Lavisca Chenault. Like I don't really love his game, but if, I, if he was on the Saints, I would I like that a lot. Like he's that Taysom Hill that move all over. Like I can see you know Sean. So he's Payton, a movable chess piece that yeah yeah. That that. Sean Payton I know can utilize. Right, you know absolutely. I know Sean Payton can utilize it. You know could. Could you know? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to coach that couldn't utilize it. Um, what's his name out in Oakland? Like John Gruden. John Gruden. Would you would you believe that he's going to be able to get him involved, no. like in a creative way? And there, there's not very many people out there. I would maybe if he went to New England, maybe right. uh, another spot, but like a place like that, somewhere that you know, an open minded offense that isn't afraid to use your players in multiple. Uh, you know, utilize roles because again, LaVisca Chanel is not the best. Everybody wants to compare him like, Oh, he's like Debo Samuel kind of like, no, I don't see that at all. I mean, I, not I, I, I don't I like, I don't like that comparison. Like I understand even, why even the, a little bit, you know what I mean? But I understand why they're trying to go that route. Cause they move him all over the place. And when he gets the ball in his hands, he is kind of like that running back kind of feel, but like Debo Samuel is a much more dynamic, you know, right. receiver. I think when people watch LaVisca Chanel, they liked in Colorado, he was used all over the place. And he was effective at Colorado. Like, I don't see that. I don't see his game translating as well to the NFL as everybody else does. My own personal feeling. Um, before before we move on from Jonathan Taylor, yeah. the one thing, I, the one point I want to get across because um, you did mention the fact that he didn't catch it like enough passes or or whatever. Last uh, year he caught, it was a big uptick. I was going to say if you look at Melvin Gordon's numbers, they're like almost identical uh-huh. in college. Uh, I think the most that Melvin Gordon ever caught in college was his senior year. It was nineteen catches. Um, and, and the year before it was like one and two 
and and Jonathan Taylor's are very similar. He went eight receptions, eight receptions, twenty six. Yeah, and and all Melvin Gordon has done since getting to the NFL uh, is thirty three receptions, forty one, fifty eight, fifty, and forty two. So I, I don't I don't want to put aside and put it out there that Jonathan Taylor can't catch passes. Right. He was used more this year. He had an uptick. He caught the ball well at the combine. So I don't think I think it depends on what offense he lands in whether or not he's going to be used in that role but i think he can do it i i'm not ruling out either it's just what he's shown on tape his catching ability is limited and so my biggest concerns i have three concerns with jonathan taylor they have and that's literally that's it and, and you, his usage isn't even one of them i can care less how much he ran and you know like Agreed. a guy like frank gore in miami was used a ton had two acl injuries came out and was one of the all-time nfl lead in russia i don't care about use i really don't like the tread on the tires thing in this day and age with medicine and how you take care of your body, I, I'm off that train. I even think, I think we said it on the podcast, like some of these players are going to start, like these receivers are going to be playing into like 35. It's going to be an okay age. And some of these running backs will last to 30. And it's not going to be that bad of a deal. For me, as Jonathan Taylor, it's, I mentioned the wiggle. Right. You know, the fumbles. Fumbles is a big one for me. Yeah. And the the behind the line, you know, like find that hole, hit that hole. And go, like, that's, that's all you get out of them is what I've seen. So that's it for me. Really, that those are my big concerns. You Does that make him you, a bad run? No, right. but it's like, but it's enough to make him my third, third back. Absolutely. It's enough to put him behind CD Lamb for sure. And me. and 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 that's where he sits right now in my eyes as well. Your third running back, third running back, and CD Lamb would go ahead of him in my eyes as well. And the thing with him too is there's a possibility like he could be jumped by, you know, if Cam Akers in the right spot, if. Clyde Edwards Alaire is in the right spot. Same thing where people are going to bump Clyde Edwards Alaire down because his 40 time was a, you know, wasn't fast enough. Once again, that was what we expected. Yeah, it's not his game. Like right. He's never been a speed guy. Four six is fast enough. Yeah. NFL teams were asking him to work out at wide receiver. That's all you need to know. Right. His change of direction is really good. I mean, he didn't show it. He wasn't, he didn't do any of those drills, so we didn't we didn't get a time this on that. Freaking midnight. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um but that's what you see on tape. You can see this guy catch passes. You can see him. He's like a little jitterbug type of guy that can really get in and out of cuts. Uh, but I think it was Mark Ingram who was there like interviewing running backs and talking during the, the running back interview that a very similar builded, uh, built uh, running back who, who ran like a 4.61 or 4.63 or something like that, but has has plenty of speed on the NFL field. Him and MJ, and, and, MJ uh, D were talking about that. Right. MJD obviously ran a much faster, uh, you know, he was in the 4.3 area or 4.4 area, but but Mark uh, Mark Ingram was was nowhere near any of those numbers. So enough enough speed, I, I would say for for enough game speed anyway for Clyde Edwards to land. Hundred percent. And again, where does he land? You know, speaking of cam makers, you can call him a combine winner. I, I mean, so. he ran a four four seven, the fifth best at the combine. Had twenty bench press reps. Uh, his, his testing, where his lateral agility and his, his movement behind it was fantastic. He looked really good on tape out there. Uh, for me, some of those new drills were cool. That that Deuce Staley drill was pretty neat. That Deuce Staley drill really had cam makers shining. Yeah, like what shows you like it shows if it shows foot frequency and, and ability to like get in and out and like navigate through traffic. Basically, start behind the line essentially, like we mentioned, like Jonathan Taylor showed. Like yeah, getting out of trap. He looked, he crushed it. Might have looked the best out of all the running backs there. Yep. Cam Akers. Yeah. Looked really good out there. Now, Matt, when we were originally talking about Cam Akers, uh, we did our first original mock draft and everything. Like oh, I don't know. And we were like, hey, the offensive line's really bad. The quarterback's really bad. And you're like, well, okay, I can't wait. I'll just dig more into him. 
just off of what you see on the combine, are you a little bit more intrigued by Cam Akers? Now? I, am, I am. He looked good in. He looked good in pass catching drills. He obviously looked good in all all of the um, bag type of drills and the and the cutting stuff when they're when they're. Um, you know, just taking a handoff and, and kind of cutting based on which way the uh, the bag sways. Uh, so he looked good on all of that kind of stuff, and, and I'm I'm anxious to to dive back in, I guess. And and I've definitely I see him in I guess not in a new light. It's not like I ever thought him terrible, but um, I, I it's a fresh eye, I guess, looking at him again. Yeah, I I do like Cam Akers quite a bit. Uh, my my only question mark will be uh, more of the nuances of being a running back with being, you know, converted quarterback, that was some of the stuff that we saw on tape at times was, you know, is his vision quite there? Is, you know, is, is he able to, you know, change gears at the right time? Like there's just some of those little things. Setting up block type of things. Exactly. And, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. But if you're going to tell me as far as ceiling goes, you could make a very good argument that he has as high, if not a higher ceiling than any of these running backs just on f- like physical gifts um and he's got he's a very natural pass catcher too Mm -hmm. so he's going to be a very boom bust play uh as far as all of these running backs he had a really good interview with the chiefs Mm. he had a really good interview with the chiefs and that he said the Chiefs showed him the most interest uh that would be super interesting so that would obviously you're talking about a dynasty rookie shakeup oh yeah that would you know if it goes cam Akers to the chiefs in the third round Right, right, and, and what happens if one of these other guys lands in an unexpected place that maybe isn't the most ideal landing spot ever? Dude, call him the Jeffersons because he's moving on up, man. Right. It's it's it, let's get there. So Cam Akers had a really good uh, combine out there. You mentioned AJ Dillon earlier. <laughs> you know somebody that Garrett's been hating on pretty hardcore. Uh, Boston College running back came in at two hundred forty five pounds, but at two hundred forty five pounds, we got to admit Garrett, he ran a four five three, had a forty one inch vertical. 23 reps he was top 10 almost 11 foot broad 10 foot 11 inches on the broad yeah he so was he, he tested out athletically pretty he was, a monster he was he was top 10 for running backs in the 40 the bench press the broad jump and the vertical jump and now you're gonna start seeing a lot of derrick henry comps which i'm sure you don't love that's yeah, it's just well he, that's the kind of running back he is he's he's a big physical running back Kind of everything I hate on about Derrick Henry, like again, what I thought he was going to be, uh, but now, granted, AJ Dillon won the Heisman. Uh, That's because AJ AJ Dillon's not that good. No, I don't know. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Uh, it's just, he's he's an NFL. He could play in the NFL. Yes, but he's not a fantasy producer at all. In my eyes, no, I'm totally with you there. He he doesn't play to that size. No, not at all. Even a little bit. The Tarzan Jane thing. Exactly. So I I mean I'd be surprised if this guy wasn't exposed pretty early in his career because uh, you know people are going to want to use him as this thumper and he's just not that. So if he gets you know if he gets pigeonholed I guess on whatever team he is as as a thumper like short short distance you know goal line type of back he's just going to disappoint he's going to wash out of the league in my opinion pretty quickly I totally agree and this is a good opportunity for you know you and your leagues these are the types of things that casual fans are going to see because they're not going to watch a lot of tape the Mm -hmm. casual fan they're going to see these combine numbers and they're going to start salivating over this freak athlete this is a good opportunity for you to just pass on by Grab the best receiver in that second round instead of gradu- grabbing AJ Dillon, yeah. and 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 be happy for you. It. Don't want Samaj P Ryan on your team, do you? No, no. no. So don't draft, don't draft AJ Dillon. No, 
right? Nope. I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, some guys are going to say that had a bad comp, you know, or a bad combine was Zach Moss running back at Utah. Somebody who I've up his film, I've been a big fan of. I like his speed. Uh, you know, some of the people would say, hey, this guy's medical concerns have some been, can be somewhat of an issue out there. Uh, and here he goes, shows up, and he has a hamstring issue. So his 40 came in at a 4.6540, but he also said that he aggravated a hamstring on his vertical jump, I believe yeah. is what he said. So yep. obviously he would run a little bit shorter of a 40. In theory, that seems about the right time, though, like a 4.65. I'm not even surprised by that about right. or all that disappointed. After watching the film, I, I see him as a 4.6 guy. That doesn't even surprise, and it yeah. doesn't disappoint me, um, and it doesn't lower my opinion of him, to be no, honest. No, I agree. He, I still have him as, I think, my RB7 Somewhere in that range, uh, I, he's he's a very talented player. But it this when we were talking about Cam Akers' ceiling versus his floor, Zach Moss is it's a much more narrow range of outcomes. I think I think he's a very safe player. Mm-hmm. He's going to do great things between the tackles, decent pass catcher, but he's not going to break off a bunch of big long plays. He's not going to be like this ultimate you know top 10 type run like he's going to be very steady eddie if i got him for in, a team if i picked him up in the second round i'd be happy yeah and high then, second round yeah I, yeah two 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 three yeah, yeah. that's where you're gonna and, have to pick him and let's and, see where he lands yep because he's gonna get bumped by some of these receivers it's and that'll, just, this class is just too deep a receiver like you're gonna be desperate for a running back you know no, that makes it sound bad if you say you're desperate for zach moss you know zach moss <laughs> you're gonna be desperate you're gonna guy who you know Hashtag two to three year window. Yeah, for sure. Yep. It was very interesting though. I did I did some digging today. Uh, went on WalterFootball.com and got a lot. Now this is just from like one or two sources, so I'm sure that there's been more visits other than just these. But the ones that were known of, Zach Moss has visited with like well over half the NFL. Uh, a lot of teams are interviewing, which could mean a couple things. It could be that he's very well thought of, but it, it also kind of tells me a little bit of where I think he's probably going in the draft because you see like Dobbins and, and Taylor and Swift have only been interviewed by like two, three teams because they know that they're going to have to take him in the early, early second round probably, whereas Moss, you're probably getting him late third round, early fourth, fourth round, yep. hopefully not fifth for his case, but you know, third through fifth is probably what you're looking at with Zach Moss. That's, that's definitely his range in the NFL draft for sure. And so I think he could end up on a lot of different NFL teams because of where it's looking like he's going to go. Not on my running backs yet, but from a casual tape watch on Zach Moss, uh, I am a fan. Yeah, so good far. player. You know, it just, you know, it, it's coming down. He, he's going to be fighting with, you know, it's Zach Moss, Keyshawn Vaughn, um, those kind of guys, you know, and then there's going to be Somebody else is going to land in a good spot too. Just good opportunity. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be fighting with those guys. Vaughn had a Vaughn had a very solid combine. It was nothing spectacular, but ran a four five two at two hundred and fourteen pounds, which is which is which is pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. Let's talk some of these receivers now. Uh, two receivers I thought that besides Henry Ruggs, we already talked about him. That absolutely crushed the combine. That have guys that will move up. Because to be fair, I I mentioned this because we were we were watching Cole Komet and I was film uh for the dynasty film room youtube channel and i was watching chase clay pull and i'm like wow he looks pretty good you know i was like that guy's a tight end that guy could be my tight end one you know he looks pretty good but there's no more concerns about uh chase Claypool playing uh tight end and we're about to talk about denzel mims and chase Claypool, but we'll start with chase Claypool, wide receiver out of notre dame six foot four 235 pounds he ran a four four two so, so something I want to mention just because the measurables are, are at this point. So I, uh, 
I was listening. I was listening to Sirius Satellite uh, Radio, and Brady Quinn is one of the hosts. Like during the day, obviously a, a former Notre Dame player. Yeah. Um, and it was like right after the right after all these uh, wide receivers had weighed in. It was like the day after that, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I talked to Chase um, yesterday." He's like, "It was that weigh-in might be a little bit over what he normally is at." He said he he drank a ton of water, didn't want to get dehydrated on the plane ride over. He's like, even when he runs the forty, he's going to be at a much lower weight than that. So. It, Take that for what it is, or what it you know at two hundred thirty five pounds. How much of it could have been water? Maybe five pounds at most if he like super hydrated. So he might be a guy that ran it closer to two hundred thirty pounds than that two thirty five that he's listed as. And, and I'm sure everybody's. If you haven't seen it, there's been a stat out there that's been going crazy when you when you hear Chase Claypool on Twitter, and it's only two wideouts to measure six foot four and two hundred thirty five pounds or bigger have run a sub four four five and a 40 yard dash at the NFL combine since 2003. And that is chase Claypool and Calvin Johnson Calvin Johnson had and, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you're gonna start bringing Calvin Johnson's name into it, who was just an absolute Animal. freak, you know, who somebody who came in, you know, it did the same class as Adrian Peterson. So if you had a one, the rest of that class pretty much sucked. Uh, but yeah, well, uh, Michael Turner was in that class too, I believe, but it would have been, I don't know. It was Adrian Peterson, and it was Calvin Johnson, the rest uh, of the rookie picks. Were, was it? Was it? Speaking of Brady Quinn, wasn't he in that class Brady too? Brady Quinn was in that class as well, I believe. And we got Joe Thomas, so it worked out all right. So, you know th- that that's a good start here. And this is somebody who was just you know when you talk about Notre Dame and their passing game, you were just limited. So mm-hmm. we're you're coming into you couldn't see all his athleticism, what he could do because of the offense that he was in. He was somewhat limited. There. He, even in a limited offense, though, he got over a thousand yards this past season. He had a thousand thirty-seven yards on sixty-six catches for a fifteen point seven yard per catch average. So, I mean, I, th- I I I'm curious to dig in. He was one of these guys that I I really hadn't gotten around to pre combine, so I can't wait to dive in and see kind of like dissect his game a little bit more. But uh, obviously, at those measurables, that size. And at that average per catch, he's got some big playability to him for sure. For yeah, because for me, it's just like one of those like serendipity moments. Like, okay, I'm watching Cole Komet film on Wednesday. I'm looking at Chase Claypool. I'm like, wow, he looks pretty good. I can't mm-hmm. really, I can kind of wait to kind of like look into him somewhat. You know, I mean, for, same oh. thing as you, Matt. Like, I haven't really uh, dug and, into him. And he had 13 touchdowns, by the way. I forgot to mention that. So, and that's he scored a couple touchdowns this game. The games I watched two games. And sure. I, so then he goes out here and has and he crushes the combine. I'm like. I I gotta move this guy up. Yeah, like I'm very intrigued. I haven't dug into him yet, but I want him. You know what I mean? Like I've watched two games of him. That's it. And it's combine. I'm like, I want him on my dynasty team. Most yeah. most of the guys that I looked at and I watched, you know, even we were talking about AJ Dillon. The fact that he ran four five three didn't really surprise me when he got in the open field. He looked pretty fast for a big guy. So like a lot of this Jonathan Taylor didn't really surprise me. Chase Claypool surprised me. I had him pegged. We we had a fun little bet going on with uh, some of, some of my friends on Twitter, and you know we did listed out what we thought everybody's forty time was going to be. I had him at a four five nine, and I thought I was being a little bit generous. Uh, so I didn't see the the burst. I didn't see the suddenness the first time I watched his tape. Granted, I only watched like a couple games. I, I didn't dig super deep into him just because of how crazy deep this wide receiver class is. I figured he was going to be. After my top 15, I wasn't super concerned. This is very much so encouraging me to get back into his tape much more deeper because 
like I said, a lot of these other guys, these things weren't that surprising. This was very surprising to me. So I'm very excited to get back into it and see what I might have missed the first time around. And it could have just been I was watching it too late at night, whatever it was. But I'm excited to dig back. This in. is exactly why we don't start our rookie breakdowns until the NFL Combine. So we have exact weights, exact measurements, exact size. So we know when we're watching these players, we know what the base they're film off of. I was so, say, it's, it's a way to put what's on film like into a perspective because all these guys have finally performed on a, on the same field on the same day. So if you see a guy run a four five and another guy run like a four seven, but on tape, they both seem fast. You can kind of, you can gauge better what you're looking at. And what Garrett just mentioned is exactly what we're about to do. So if you've been listening, you know, since day one for six years, you know what we're about to do. If you've been listening for six months and you don't know what we're about to do from after this episode on, besides our free agency talk, is we're going to dig into these rookies, like really dig into them. And we're not going to rank them. So when we go this, we're going to go, it's, the order we go in is pretty much, it's like a consensus top kind of order yeah, there. But through that process, we find guys that are like, oh, this guy's going to be up higher in my ranks. You know, guys like Terry McLaurin, you know, mm-hmm. um, guys like Cooper Cup. That, you know, we're going to find guys out, even a guy like John Brown back in the day, you know, like, wow, I really love John Brown at Pittsburgh State. Like, I loved his game. And we're going to start breaking these guys down in depth. We're going to, you know, it's all going to be multiple game, you know, videos from the Dyson Nerds film room and give you a breakdown of each single player, what we like about their game, what we don't like about their game, what their, you know, dynasty opportunity is. Then after the NFL draft, now we have all this information that we're going to rank the players and then you're going to be in a position to draft. So now you should be in a position to know about every player that gets drafted in the NFL. Like, oh, I remember Dyson talking about the guy. They liked him for this, this, and that. And if he landed this kind of offense, this is great. Look where he landed. Um, so if your draft is right after the NFL draft, that's fine. But, of course, you can follow the Dyson Nerds rankings as well to help you get along. But then we rank them. That's why, again, I think for the most part, you know, if somebody has something in their rankings now, don't really hold that against them because it's going to change drastically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, Chase Claypool is one of those guys, like, now he's circled in red. Like when you watch this guy, really pay attention for sure. You know, like you pay attention to everybody, but like you like him now already. And the same guy for the next guy, Denzel Mims, comes in and just crushes the combine. Six foot three, two hundred and seven pounds, and ran a four three eight. That's ridiculous. Six foot three, two hundred and seven pounds out of Baylor, and ran a four three eight. What's even grosser, Matt, with your favorite your favorite uh little testing thing over there he ran a 6.663 cone drill it's, it's highlighted in green on my spreadsheet it, top, looks so, it looks so beautiful he's in a top 10 percent all time for a size i don't i don't think i've ever seen a four a 6.66 i mean i don't i don't remember seeing that anyway and, and look at all the other numbers too like i mentioned a lot of the other three cones for the other receivers were pretty bad like, like 7.3 <laughs> yeah like there was a lot of them and pretty out high. of one's guys that we expect you to do good so like that just shows you like this this is freaky it's everything from 7.0 down is good right like that's what you're looking for from a three cone so when we mentioned a three cone drill anything under from seven down is good so i get excited i get excited when i see like a 6.9 you know what i mean like you're like oh man yeah. this guy's really moving so the comp it would be like if somebody ran a four six that would be like to say that's say that's a seven flat, right? Or say a four six a seven flat. Just say that is whatever. Sure. A four two would be the six point six. Yeah. Essentially, this, is, it, this I mean this is like uncharted territory. Yes. And this is usually for guys that are like little smaller guys, little quick guys that are yeah. in and out of their breaks real good. 
He's six foot six, two hundred seven pounds with a three cone drill. Could we just say after like these measurements and this crazy skill set here, like he's six foot three, by the six way, foot, not, yeah, not, six foot three, two hundred seven pounds. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, another former Baylor receiver, Josh Gordon. It's it's not that's not absurd, and and I wanted to knock him before I watched his tape. I liked his tape, um, but I wanted to knock him beforehand because I'm like ah. Uh, so the Baylor scheme, you know, they're, they're, you know, the air raid and uh-huh. like, I was like, I don't know, like big 12 DBs are kind of trash typically. Like he does have a really good catch radius. He does look fast though. I don't know. Like we'll see. And then this comment happened. I was like, okay, like, yeah, he's, he's pretty dang good. He is. Pretty, I mean, 39 inch vertical too. He's just got, he's got a lot going. He for is him. an athlete to another degree. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where does he end up? This guy is more than anybody. Let me put this too. You start looking at some mock drafts now. All of a sudden, you're going to see Denzel Mims' name in the in, first round. In the first sec- at the you know top half of the second round, bottom half of that first round. Josh yep. Gordon, hopefully with no weed. Hopefully without the weed <laughs> for sure. Well, new CBAs. That's they, true. It might not matter. Smoke all the weed you want, baby. Uh, <laughs> like, can you can like can you imagine Denzel Mims in Green Bay? On the other side of Devontae Adams. I, I know one Rogers person. I was going to say, I know Aaron Rodgers could probably picture that. Yeah. yeah right. That would you're, be nice. You're you're talking first round rookie pick. What about what about Buffalo? Give give Josh Allen that big guy with John Brown. That would be a very nice spot as well. He said, just go deep. I got you, <laughs> I got you man. There's a lot of spot Denzel Mims could end up that is going to be very exciting. And it's going to get your dynasty team very excited. Uh, another guy, because we don't have a lot of time here, too, uh, so we can't, but you know, Denzel Mims, we'll get into him, circled in red. Yep, like, absolutely. Yep. Again, him and Chase Claypool, for me, are guys that I want some action on already. Just to pump it a little bit, tomorrow night, film room, we're doing uh, the Dynasty Nerds uh, film room that we do on Twitch. We're doing both of those players. Chase, uh, Chase Claypool, Denzel Mims. I'm going to be, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the invite, too, by the way, guys. Yeah, you're Appreciate welcome. Appreciate that. Um, Justin Jefferson had a really good combine. Really nice. Yep. Ran a 4-4-4. So much so where if you were watching the combine, Daniel Jeremiah like it went like this. He's literally talking to Rich Eisen. He's like, yeah, I don't anticipate that we'll see a really fast. Whoa, wait, never mind. 4.44. Well, <laughs> hey, now. Yep. Uh, that's how that conversation went with Rich Eisen. So he he's somebody that just, he, he's come on really strong last year. And Everybody's talking about, oh, this really efficient offense, LSU, all the weapons around him. But, I mean, dude, he he just ke- he just keeps on going. I mean, he has a really good last year. Comes on. People are questioning him. Comes in here. Crushes the combine. You know, if you look at his tape, really good in contested catches at a really high contested catch rate. Um, had a lot of missed tackles out in the open field. This is just somebody you put him in the slot and look out. I, I really like Justin Jefferson. I know you really like Henry Ruggs, and I like Ruggs as well. I think Justin Jefferson's probably going to be the guy that I like more than most people, I guess, because I know I you like that. Ruggs more than most, and that's how I feel kind of about Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So he's not like he's not in my top three wide receivers, but he's a guy I think I'm going to have higher than most. When, and you're competing teams when you're picking like 10, 11, like ju- you're going to get some Justin Jefferson shares. Absolutely. And, it, and yeah. it's it's funny because I keep catching myself because I, I keep wanting to say, you know, all, all three of these guys we just talked about, well, now they have to be a lock for top 10. Well, now they have to be a lock for top 10. <laughs> now that, there's only so there's many top only 10 so spots. so many spots. You know, and that, that's the beautiful which, part about this draft. Which we're literally going to find out here in uh, about – 
15 minutes because we're going to do a mock draft Ew. and see how yeah. much has changed. I'm taking Denzel Mims 1-1. One, one, <laughs> one, one. <laughs> um, another small school wide receiver uh, that had a nice combine here, Quez Watkins, Southern Mississippi. Uh, again, not a big name, but just had a real combine. You know, Had a really good fast speed there. Uh, ran a 4-3-5-40. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, he's a burner out there. And, and like this watching his, his position drills looked really good. I thought for sure you were going to say Donovan Peoples Jones from that little school up north. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he, he had a good combine too. He jumped he, really high. He did. He ran fast too, four point four eight. He had a forty-five inch vertical, and over eleven and a half feet in the broad, eleven feet seven inches. So that's some explosive numbers. Oh, dude, right I tweeted that out. I was like, dude, his ups are so good. He should get a job for uh, delivering packages. <laughs> Just like those. That's crazy. And and he's a guy that I hadn't dug in at all yet on either. So. With those kind of numbers at, you know, six foot two, basically uh, 212 pounds, um, it's going to at least grab my attention and and warrant a little bit. Part of, uh, part of the reason of you haven't seen much tape is he didn't have many good games to put on the film room. Ooh, all right. I might have to go search <laughs> a little bit deeper. Huh? Yeah, we, we're working on getting more tape on him, but it's like, how do you do this game? Uh, two catches for nine yards. Ooh, Ooh. okay. Yeah, I brought his name up in the film room, and the guys were like, dude, we can't, like, <laughs> do you realize when's cut tape on us? He had two catches for this, and we're like, "Oh no, you're right. Never mind. You're right. That was a conversation to film." Yeah. It's like we need, we need, we have had a request for more Donovan Peoples Jones. You're like, "This is all. There, we got. There's nothing there, man. Do you want to pay us to cut up two catches? Like he's <laughs> on the field, but that's all he does." I'm like, "No." I was like, "I can only watch so much Michigan anyways because they blow so bad." Uh, one one last name that I want to talk about. He, I, I won't say that he killed the combine uh, as far as the numbers go. Voluntary but, mind slaughter, but. That's right. Uh, but in all of his drills looked really, really good uh, was Antonio Gandy-Golden. Uh, yeah. Looked really good in a lot of his drills. Really fluid, really strong player. Had a had a great bench at 22 reps. It just shows you how physically imposing that that guy is. Like I said, 4'6 isn't, isn't burning by any means. Um, you know, But he's got good size at 6'4", so you're not, not too concerned about that. And the one other guy I wanted to mention, uh, Michael Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah. Um, had a nice. T- I mean, for a guy that's you know two hundred twenty three pounds, six foot four, he ran a pretty good uh, pretty good time, four point five two. But his his three cone was one of these guys that got below the seven threshold, so six point nine six, which at that, size, at that size again is just ridiculous movement skills. So he's a guy that, I mean, I liked him just watching his tape. I liked his physicality, uh, but now it shows that he's got a little bit uh, of extra burst, kind of getting in. And on the, his cuts. Those are two guys you both mentioned are going to be very good value. In the second round of your rookie draft, right? Very yeah. good value, like Antonio, like AGG. Somebody we've been talking about now for months is like, yep. hey, this is the kind of guy who's kind of on the outside, you know, but like looks pretty good. And then comes to combine and crushes it. Michael Pittman, you're like, oh, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman's son, like he's looked okay. Like his USC opportunities weren't that great, but like he has some good upside right. and comes in has a really good combine. His short shuttle was pretty impressive too, at four point one four. Um, so that was it was like three tenths of a second uh, or four, almost four tenths of a second uh, faster than his forty. So. Well, and. He, of of the players that are interviewed he was another one of the ones that i walked away really impressed from um 
came away very, very knowledgeable, which you expect from a son of a former player. Um, but he, he seemed to really know his X's and O's when he was talking um, about stuff. And uh, it was an interesting tidbit. It shows just how uh, much of a team player he is. He said he would even be willing to play stand-up Y, which is traditionally a tight, tight end. end position. Yeah. Right. So the fact that he would just offer that out there without even being asked, like, look, I'll play wherever a team needs me. Like, I'll run the X, I'll run the Z, I'll run the slot, I'll even be a stand-up Y. You know, I was like, that's that's really interesting. And he came across very articulate, very well spoken. And so that was another one that I was like, okay, it seems like between the ears, this guy has it, mm -hmm. which gives him a slight bump for me. That's yeah, it's, that's always a bonus, man. You we mentioned some of these losers. You know, we talked about Jake. <laughs> some of these losers. Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, uh, Zach Moss. I'm you know, curious on uh, Tennessee wide receiver Jawan Jennings had a bad that was combine. A yeah. Vanderbilt tight end uh, Jaron Pinkney, yep, uh, Pinkney had a really bad. bad tight end to the point where he ran a four nine six forty, and to me that's enough to get you off my board yep. completely. Like you're you're at best a blocking tight end in the NFL if if you can pull that off. So yep, completely off my board. Lavisca Chanel, you know, hurt again. And then we can't mention not mention Mitchell Wilcox tight end for South Florida. Not only did he have a terrible combine with his four eight eight forty yard dash and his thirty one inch vertical. Uh, which were all terrible, but I mean, he got Roman soldiered, took a ball to the face, right to the nose, man. Oh, dude, it was bad. It was. I watched it. Like he was twelve just, he, times in he, a row. <laughs> he looked like just like a bloody mess, and like couldn't couldn't. He, you could tell it sh like totally shook him to his core. He just wasn't the same after that. He was dropping passes all over the place. Just looked out of sorts, dude. I, he got rocketed. It it got. The whole rest of the combine, though, he was all messed up. Yeah. So uh, I, it got to the point where I just felt bad every time I saw him running <laughs> through guy. the drills. I was like, Jesus, not this guy again. Just go home. Just <laughs> took a ball to the face. <laughs> just go home. Uh, bo both Did of somebody the, check him for a concussion? <laughs> both of the H. Bryants, uh, both Hunter and Harrison, uh, both disappointed uh, quite a bit as well. Uh, Hunter Bryant out of Washington, kind of the the smaller, more wide receiver type tight end. Uh, he came in and he ran like a four seven four or four seven six. Four seven four was his official time. Yeah, yep. uh, which a guy that um, you know isn't your inline blocker. You're you're not wanting to see that out of, out of him. You were hoping more in the the four fives, four sixes. He, he at least redeemed himself in the three cone. He got a seven point uh, zero eight, which I mean did help, which definitely sure. helps. Shows that he can change direction to some to some degree. So uh, that was a little bit of a redeeming quality. Uh, a little bit of the same thing with Troutman, who ran a four point eight, which was a little bit worrisome but as a small school guy maybe he didn't get the the pre-draft training that some of these sure. other athletes did but he also redeemed himself the three cone was amazing 6.78 for him that was crazy good. so um so that's that's that was more of what i expected out of a guy like troutman i mean maybe not even that on the three cone but i would have expected his 40 to be in the four six range just seeing him on tape so uh getting getting the good three cone drill for me is at least an indicator that hey this guy especially coming from a small school probably didn't get the training that he needed sure. pre pre combine yep and that's uh, going to do it then for our combine uh episode here next week we'll be back and we're going to be talking NFL rookie quarterbacks that's Ooh. right our rookie mm. content mm. officially begins next week with the quarterbacks we'll be talking about them in the meantime if you enjoy the show please leave us a rating review on itunes we appreciate every one of those we get make sure you check out dynastynerds.com every single day there's so much content on there you have hours and 
hours of free content on there right now to read on dynastynerds.com. Check out the new apparel show sh- store. We got so much going on. The most comfortable t-shirts you will ever wear in your entire life. Guaranteed to increase your high at five intake and most likely increase your love life. You're going to be looking in the mirror feeling a lot better about yourself. That's for sure. And of course, if you want to support the podcast uh, financially and get some really good content in return, like some, um, you know, again, these rookie rankings, you know, the film room is amazing. Uh, Rankings, tools, extra podcasts, joining the order for price a cup of coffee a month. That's it. In the meantime, if you want to talk on Twitter, you hit me up at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. I'm at Dynasty Price. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds and uh, make sure to check out that new you, the new YouTube channel as well and subscribe there where uh, Garrett and Nick Whalen and Jared Wackerly are on there breaking down players every week. We have a lot more YouTube content coming very soon, very um, soon. in the works. Even this podcast alone will be uh, available on YouTube. So these magical crystal balls will be there for the showing. We don't know when exactly because we got you know we got to make sure it looks good, but. It's like one of those uh, trailers you see in the movie theater. It's in the works, and then you get to see our pretty faces. Hey, well, one out of three. One out of three. Thirty-three percent. We'll we'll let you see who the pretty one is. <laughs> this guy right here. That's <laughs> right. All right, nerdered. We'll see you soon. Adios. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds. Turn off, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, it's still running. (laughs)